Hey everybody, welcome to Revolutionary Relationships, a podcast here to support you in your emotional, your relational, and your spiritual evolution. Yes, and if you don't know, we are your hosts, Kara and Caleb, and we are so glad that you are here. This is gonna be the best day ever. This is gonna be the best day ever. Wake up. Hey, love. Hey, baby. Love, in the past two weeks, what are you most proud of? Oh, gosh. Um, well, I, I'm very proud of my body for growing a human. <laughs> that is, is true. so crazy. <laughs> Honestly, I think about it all the time. I'm like, whoa, she's like becoming a human. I have an alien living inside of me. <laughs> She's, she is stealing the all of my, alien. I listened to the best podcast by radio lab about the placenta and how the placenta forms mm-hmm. and then attaches to my body. Cause we always think the placenta is created by the mom, but the placenta is actually created by the embryo. And then it attaches to my body to steal all of my blood and my nutrients and my iron and my, you know, all the things. Which is pretty wild. It's a pretty. It's so actually one of the best episodes. So I can imagine that some of the big challenges when when it comes to pregnancy is sometimes I'm guessing people experience where the placenta does not attach. Yeah, I mean, if the placenta doesn't attach, you're probably not going to have pregnancy. a. Yeah. yeah, the pregnancy uh, probably won't. Uh, it's just. Sustain. It's really is remarkable, and you hear about it, but like actually experiencing it and being in the middle of it, it's a whole new experience where you hear about like all of the things that have to happen. Mm for the pregnancy to work and to come to fruition and to give birth to a child, like all of the things that it's truly a miracle. Yeah. And you don't, I didn't really understand that until now. Like I, as I'm Mm. learning more and more, I'm just like, Holy shit. We are such a, we are miracles. Yeah. It feels like such a paradox because what, like 130 million births happen a year. So it's super common, but also it's so crazy that one can happen. It's just remarkable. remarkable. We were laying on the couch the other morning and um, just drinking coffee. And then you saw her little foot kick out of my stomach. I know, probably because you're drinking too much coffee. (laughs) (laughs) No, I think this this tiny is just like full of... Honestly, I've been reading poetry to her every night. You have. And, you know, I think every fetus baby needs a healthy dose of Rumi and Mary Oliver and uh-huh. David, David White. White and <laughs> She's loving David White these days. <laughs> John O'Donoghue. Like oh, wow. every baby needs a healthy dose of that magic. Do you think our parents and, But whenever read I read her, yeah. she starts kicking. I know she She moved. loves poetry. She, well, yes. Also, she Or she's lo- saying, shut the hell up, dad. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> I think it's more that when I lay flat, she she's like, ooh, let's kick around and see what happens. <gasps> Do you think our parents read to us? I have no idea. I don't know either. I should have asked. Oh, mom and dad. Gotta uh, love them. But <laughs> <laughs> anyways, this is not why we actually jumped on here to record. Uh, even though I love having this conversation, I could talk about my future tiny all day long. Well, we could say, speaking of tiny, we're going to talk about letting go. What does that have to, how does that well, correlate? Well, what's the, what's the <laughs> quote you always use? Oh, yes. Julie Lithcott-Hames, the author of How to Raise an Adult, uh-huh. which if you are a parent, I highly, 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 highly suggest this book. Or I even highly suggest it, even, even, even if you're not a parent or not about to be a parent or have no um, desire to be a parent, I think it's such an incredible resource to just really allow you to reflect back on your own life. Mm. Because when I read this book and when I had the conversation with her, 
uh, I never put two and two together that between being wildly overparented mm-hmm. and the mental health challenges that I was experiencing as a young adult. Mm-hmm. I didn't put those two and two together because yeah. my mom fought all my battles because my mom was always so protective and trying to catch me every time I fell because my mom never gave me space. Right. I didn't really have the, the opportunity to build resilience and self-confidence and mm-hmm. all these things, mm-hmm. this inner resolve. I actually went to the other extreme and started building my confidence around my talents and my yeah. ability to perform well Right. Which then, as you can imagine, creates this whole storm down the road. But she has a quote and she said this to me and I was like, (gasps) and it really has is one of the few things that like really stuck with me or like out of anything that's ever been said to me. I always think about this. And she says, Caleb, the moment your child learns how to walk, they're learning how to walk away. Mm. And it's so true. (laughs) It's so good. It's so good. It's so true. And it puts everything into perspective. It's so good. What a different, what a different perspective. Absolutely. You know, than a lot of our parents' generation held. Because I I think it was probably not the perspective at the time that, that you want your children to walk away. But no, even now though, it's just like you want to protect and provide and be Mm. like, you want to do all these things. But at the end of the day, like everything that we've learned on our own individual journeys, like Mm -hmm. it's all excuse me, it's all pointing to this, this truth of the, to live with loose hands, like to mm-hmm. live with open hands, to yeah. live by letting go, by resisting less. Yeah. And what we really want for this kid is, is independence and autonomy and yeah. freedom and a, a sense of self. And I have, I already know I have such a propensity to shape the way, like even with me reading poetry, <laughs> You're going you to be totally, a four. You'll be you the, are going to be introspective. You are going to love poetry. You're going to really be creative and speak Ooh, your heart. No. Oh, <laughs> like no. I can, I can express myself and provide a safe container, and then, and then like approach it. Like, but at the end of the day, she is who she is going to be, yeah. and it's good. Yeah, you know. Yeah, it, <laughs> it's so much in me, and it really indicates like. Trauma that is not mm. dealt with is 100% projected. Mm. You know, we were talking with Amber Lillystrom the other day, and she said this comment. She said, you know, every every stage of raising a child, you're you're going through that stage again on your own. And I just was thinking about um, raising specifically a daughter and thinking about what it's going to look like to actually revisit all of these stages that you and I have both individually mm-hmm. been through. Mm-hmm. And just the healing potential in that, really the healing opportunity this, to, to reevaluate and, and reframe and reparent ourselves in the process absolutely, of parenting. Absolutely. I wrote a post and I was um, for my website actually about essentially like what the one thing that I've learned speaking in hundreds of schools and in front of thousands of students over the last few years is that students are one hell of a mirror. <laughs> yeah, totally. Young adults, kids, they are totally. one hell of a mirror. Mm. Right. And just conscious parenting is really being so inclined to be aware of what is surfacing in me Mm. and is my response to our daughter doing X, Y, or Z coming from a trauma-based response, from Mm -hmm. a fear-based response, or am I allowing it to mirror back to me and say, hey, no, so if this is, or hey, no, this is how we do things in this household. Yeah. Right. Um, but it's not a projection. It's yeah. not a fear-based response. It's not a, 
I'm very aware of what is what is I'm so, what is surfacing in me. <laughs> totally. <gasps> oh, speaking of all of it, yeah, we wanted to jump on and talk about letting go. Yeah, because I think it is important. And we just did a YouTube video about this this concept of how to let go, what it looks like to let go. We hear the phrase all the time: just let it go, just surrender, just let go. What the hell does that actually look like? Yeah, and you and I. And really side love- note. Your people over here got a YouTube channel. <laughs> we got a YouTube Come channel, say everybody. Hi. It's uh, it's kind of like just piggybacking on the episodes that we do here. Some are a little bit different, mm. uh, but we just wanted to create more video content. So find us on YouTube. Just do a quick search with Karen and Caleb, and you will find our well, her beautiful face and my beautiful face. My beautiful face too. We speak kindly about yeah, ourselves in, the, in this house. <laughs> but we we did this video to kind of get into the granular of what it actually looks like to let go and and what it is and what it is not so we just wanted to kind of share some of that yeah what do you think think it means to let go right but before that i i want to say like what letting go isn't Mm. because i want this episode we kind of to be short or whatever but what letting go isn't isn't shutting your heart down yeah it isn't saying that none of this bothers me you're dead to me f you and f the world and move on right right that's not what letting go is. Maybe that is the first step in for you to learn how to let go so you can create distance and space from whatever it is that you need to let go of. But letting go is an open heart um, decision, mm. right? We keep our heart open because mm. only when there's an open heart can letting go and the full process of grief and other emotions that are going to arise through this experience, only then can they fully uh, run the course that they're supposed to run, which inevitably then creates the space on the other side of letting go to invite in what is next, Mm -hmm. what is available for Mm -hmm. you, what is trying to make its way into your life. Yeah, absolutely. I think letting go is a, a massive process of being present because when we live with expectation of what life could or should or should have looked like, we live outside of the present, right? Mm-hmm. We live in a projection of what we think it should be. And so a lot of letting go in my own story has been, how do I get back into this present moment, acknowledge what is in this moment, uh, surrender the expectations of what I thought it should look like mm. so that it can become what it actually does look like. Um, so it is this laying down of expectations in some way, right? It's this laying down of man, I really thought it would look like that. And I think with that comes this sense of we we have to grieve, right? Yeah. Like we have to grieve the expectations of what we thought it should look like so that we can actually be in what it truly is. Yes. And I think with letting go, um, for me, I think like letting go isn't so much of a spiritual act, mm. right? It is, there is a spiritual thing that's happening when we let go, but letting go, what I've learned in my own experience and the way that I see it is really just a regulating regulation of your central nervous system. Mm. Mm-hmm. It's learning how to self-regulate, right? Because we hold on because what is familiar, even if it is destructive, what is familiar is perceived to be more safe than the unknown that is mm-hmm. inevitably on the other side of letting go. Yeah. So we hold on. So then, therefore, we have to learn how to teach ourselves yeah. that we are safe to let go. We are safe to step into the unknown. We are safe. Yeah. And so what that means is in the process of letting go, when you find yourself immensely frustrated and mad and angry, maybe getting triggered or activated, and all of these uncomfortable emotions are surfacing, as you tune into them, as you are present, like you say, as you are present to them, lean into them mm. and learn how to self-regulate. 
in that moment, what you're actually doing is you're teaching yourself and you're retraining yourself and you're letting your body know that you are safe. Mm -hmm. You are safe. You are safe. You are safe. And now there comes the point in time when I actually feel safe enough that I can sever that tie, Mm. that I can walk away, that I can say goodbye, that I can actually honor my heart and let go. Mm-hmm. So letting go is a, it is a spiritual there's a spiritual component to it, but there's also a the real physiological. practical physiological biological component to it and that is self-regulation. Yeah, absolutely. I think about uh in my own story, I uh I had so many expectations to be married by 24. <laughs> I had all these expectations that I I would find my person uh earlier in life and I really wanted that. I wanted marriage and I had longing for partnership. And at 34, when I found myself single, I had done, I had been forced into a lot of letting go. I had been forced into a lot of surrender of what I thought my life should look like or would have looked like. And almost uh, life in its kindness really was teaching me how Mm -hmm. to surrender, right? Like I look back in hindsight and I'm like, oh, that was so painful. But also, so beautiful and necessary for my life to learn the process of how do I lay down this expectation of of what it, what I wanted it to look like, what I thought I wanted it to look like. And the truth is now in hindsight, I, I don't want it any other way. Yeah. Right. Like oftentimes I find that that's the reality. Yeah. We think we know what we want and then life gives us something. And again, this is more played out in a long process of life. I don't think it's an immediate realization, but I look back in hindsight and think, thank goodness I didn't meet you before yeah. I met yeah. you. It would have been so destructive. <laughs> but again, those years of wrestling and, and because it, because when we think about holding on, it literally is if we could imagine our hands clenched in fists, we're holding on to expectations. So the process of letting go can be quite grueling when we have to like unravel our fingers and literally let go. whatever that thing is go. Yes. I love this. I love the conversation of... Letting, letting go. go you know the last thing i'm going to say and to bring this to an end um i think when i look back on my life and i can't help but to think that for so many of us what we are looking to experience in this life is the rest that comes this divine rest that doesn't come from more sleep this rest that comes from giving ourselves over to something that's mm. bigger than us that's bigger than our ability and willing willfulness to hold our life together. That's yeah. what we're looking for. Yeah. And it's only when we actually let go do we get to experience the rest that comes when we have this experience, this deep, profound inner experience that, oh my God, I can fall mm. and I'm still being held. Yeah. There is this knowing that my life is being held on the other side of this letting go that is the ultimate gift. And when you taste that, mm. When you truly know, think about the implications of this. When you truly know that your life is being held, what would you not try? Yeah. What risks would you, would not, you not take? take? Yeah. What dreams would you not chase? Mm-hmm. Because through it all, your life is being held. And you know this now. It revolutionizes your life. Yeah, that's good. And friends, that is my and our um, ultimate hope for you. That you can taste and see that. Your life is being held. Your life is being held because it mm-hmm. changes everything. Yeah, there's so much freedom in that. There you have it, friends. Thank you for listening, and we will be back soon. 